on today's episode. Do the LA Clippers have a problem at power forward going into this upcoming season? It surely was a problem for them last season. But with Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, and Marcus Morris all over the age of 30, is there an issue to address at the power forward spot for the Clippers this upcoming season? Going to be talking about that and some more on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in Los Angeles, going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan this fall. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper, LA Sports, NBA history, and NBA content. And of course, Locked on Clippers, free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know if you think the Clippers have a real issue at power forward and who you would want traded if you think they do have an issue and need to upgrade at this spot. And of course, just so you know, you can also follow us on Twitter at Locked On Clips. But let's get into it. And this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs have the best legwear, most comfortable that you can find out there on the market. Shorts, sweats, you name it, they got it. But anyway, let's get right into it. So for today's episode, we're going to be talking about the four spot. And I use the four spot lightly. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm putting up quotations basically with the four spot. Because anybody that watches my YouTube channel or listens to this podcast frequently knows how I feel about the power forward in today's game. It is a small ball league. It's not the true power forward that's out there for rebounding, interior scoring, interior defense, and maybe an occasional mid-range. Nowadays, you have guys that are bigger threes playing the four that can stretch the floor and defend multiple positions you can ask for and maybe give you some secondary rim protection. And so for the Clippers, we got three guys that fit the bill, maybe four. And those guys are... Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, Marcus Morris Sr., and the fourth guy, the new guy on the block, is Kenyon Martin Jr., also known as K.J. Martin. K.J. Martin is listed at 6'6". Now, I don't know how accurate that is, but I've seen him play live against the Clippers this past season. You can find that vlog on my channel, by the way. Paul George, game winner. It was awesome. Got it all on video. But he was jumping out the gym. Kenyon Martin Jr. He did not seem like 6'6". He's got those long arms. He's got the bounce. But that's what he's listed as, right? He's only 22 years old, by the way. So he's got some upside there. But let's get into the three power forwards that were on this team last season and are still on the roster now. And I'm going to go in this order. It's going to be Covington first, then Nicholas Batum, then Marcus Morris. Let's start with Robert Covington. I've been meaning to do an episode 
on this particular topic for a while, but I just haven't gone around to do it. Of course, the technical difficulties with my computer and all that hurt. But there was an article released by the Athletic and LA Clippers beat writer, very own Law Murray. It was a really well done piece. And it was with Robert Covington. And I thought there were some interesting things that came out of that piece that are worth discussing. So Robert Covington, so everybody knows, got a bunch of DNP coaches' decisions last year. I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but if I recall correctly, it was at least 30 DNP coaches' decisions for Robert Covington. So he eventually ended up being the odd man out of a team that was filled with depth, made some additions in the offseason in terms of John Wall. That was really our only addition, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm blanking if we had any other ones. Of course, we had Moses Brown, picked up Musa Diabate, but John Wall was really the only marquee signing, so to speak, for the Clips going into last season. And that's what made it so much more frustrating when the team said, oh, we're just figuring it out, and you know, you got to give us some time, as if they had a bunch of new pieces. So that was very frustrating. But as the season went on, we found out that Robert Covington was the odd man out. Robert Covington was the guy that Ty Lue said, you know what, for whatever reason, you're the 11th guy in the rotation. And for somebody who got paid $10 million plus each season for the next two seasons and had an incredible second half of the season in the 2021-22 season for us when he came from Portland in the trade, that guy expects to be playing. He's making 10 plus million dollars a year. And last year was really weird in terms of him not playing. Now, there's a lot of theories out there as to why he didn't get minutes. But there's a very clear and obvious deduction that we can take. And that is that he and Ty Lue just, for whatever reason, don't either have the best relationship or don't see eye to eye. Ty Lue, for whatever reason, does not think that Robert Covington is as good as ba- is as good at basketball as a lot of us fans think that he is. You know why I think Robert Covington's great in his role? I think he is a big wing that obviously can play the small ball four in today's NBA. He would be a traditional three in the 2000s or the 90s or the 80s. But in today's game, he can be a stretch four. He's got the size for it. He's got a seven-foot wingspan. He even played small ball five for the Houston Rockets in the bubble when they traded Clint Capella and attempted to go all out with the small ball to accommodate Harden and Russ. And listen, I don't agree with what they did. I don't think Robert Covington is a small ball five, and I think you saw in the early portions of the season this past season for us when Moses Brown was not yet using the rotation we were going small with Nico and Rocco at the four and the five and it was not working Robert Covington as solid as he is for his size he is not a five I think he can be a four and I think he can be a very good one in today's game now what do I love about Rocco very solid three-point shooter not a bad off-ball mover and you saw that in the 2022 season Not the best on-ball defender, but better than a lot of guys we have. But he is fantastic off the ball. His rotations, his anticipation, his wingspan, and his long arms seem to affect a lot of plays. And his hands are up there with some of the best that I've seen on the Clippers in my 19 years of fandom. And I'm not just saying that because I'm doing this episode on power forwards and Robert Covington. 
He really has incredible hands. And I think it's insane when we don't use him. We don't get him into rhythm. And this past season was just very mind-boggling. And so for whatever reason, Tyloo just didn't prioritize Rocco. Was there something going on behind the scenes? I don't know. But here's what Rocco had to say about it. And by the way, just some context. Robert Covington... After getting the contract that he got, you know, we re-signed him. We have put the faith in him that he is a piece to the future for our team. But listen to this. He only had three games all of last season with at least 30 minutes. He had 19 games overall with at least 20 minutes. Mind you, there's 82 games in an NBA season. And he had the fewest minutes per game at 16.2 that he had in any season since he was a rookie in 2013-14 with Houston. That's just crazy. A guy's making 10 plus million dollars a year and he is getting the fewest minutes since his rookie season? That's mind-boggling to me. Absolutely mind-boggling. And so here's what Robert Covington had to say and this comes from the article. But he, he said he feels great and he also said he has a vendetta and a bigger chip on his shoulder. And he said, not playing that much last year really put me in a place, all right, I got to force them. So come back, do what I got to do. They say this is the mentality of, you know, come back strong, get better. That way, it won't be none of that. So I don't know what went on behind the scenes, but from what he's saying there, or what we're hearing in that article, it sounds like he just didn't get the minutes that he thought he deserved. Tyloo went with other guys, and Rocco's got to come to training camp and prove himself. I think that's hilarious considering Marcus Morris was just not playing good basketball in the second half of the season. And I'm not saying that out of any spite or anything like that. I am just saying that as an objective viewer of the Clippers, a fan of the team. Marcus Morris obviously is a better Clipper all time at this point than Robert Covington. But Robert Covington deserved to get more minutes than Marcus Morris in the second half of the season last year. And he didn't. So hearing him talk about... No, I want to come back stronger. I got to put in all this work. That's fantastic to hear. But point blank, it was obvious to everyone, but a certain group of fans that think that Ty Lue and the Clippers can do no wrong, that Robert Covington should have been playing more or should have been playing, period. Because when he played, he did good things. But he also said, so he was asked about, you know, signing an extension is in another contract year. This is the last year of his contract. And Law asked, how does he feel different about it? And he said, it ain't no difference. Only difference is that I didn't play last year. And that's the only difference. So, I mean, it's very interesting. And to end it off, he asked, have you gotten a chance to talk to Ty Lue? And he said, no. And Law asked, do you think the conversation will happen at some point? And he said, if it do, it do. If it don't, I won't dwell on it. I focus on control, what I can control, and I go out and do my job. Whatever happens, happens. I haven't talked to T. Lou since the season ended. So Robert Covington hasn't talked to Ty Lou since the season ended. I don't know if that's necessarily a good sign. Now, it's not to say that every single player has to be really close to the head coach. But we already saw that Robert Covington was not getting what he deserved in terms of minutes and all that. And to hear that Tyloo and him haven't talked since the end of the season, I mean, just further proves what we what we feel. And what we feel is that Tyloo and him are not on the best terms. Tyloo doesn't seem to prioritize him very much. So, I mean, I would love for Robert Covington to play Robert Covington to play more this season. I would. Would I start him? Probably not. But why not? I mean, I 
I, I well, I've already said that I want the starting lineup to be Russ, Terrence, Kawhi, Paul, and Zoo. So yeah, I don't want him to start. But I would love to see him come off the bench. I would love to see him come off the bench. But it's very disappointing that I have no faith in that because of the Roko versus Ty Lue thing. They haven't talked since the season ended. I don't know what to expect, and I don't know if I expect him to play anymore, especially with the addition of K.J. Martin, who in today's NBA, I think, will be playing the small ball four. But coming up, Nicholas Batum is active in the FIBA World Cup right now, playing for France. I watched his first game. Going to be talking about how I think he's doing and what his role is for us next season. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about bird dogs. Bird dogs don't just make you look good, but bird dogs has bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look so you look your absolute best. Bird dogs shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. Way better. Than the regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton that really kind of hinder your movement, especially when you're sweating or if it gets wet or something, then it just sticks to you and you really don't have that same mobility like you do with bird dogs. And bird dogs fixed the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dogs not only does that, but they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And they're functional for any occasion. It could be a date, it could be an evening, it could be just walking around in your house. You name it, they can do it. Just go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnXXX or enter promo code LockedOnXXX at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on XXX for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Woo! 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 All right. Let's talk about Nico Batum. So, Nicholas Batum was. And besides Marcus Morris, our most used power forward last season. And mind you, to prove my point of what I said in the first segment, Nicholas Batum was a small forward in, in Portland for all those years that he played for them. But now in today's game, he's a small ball four. Now, Nico's been a loyal soldier to the Clippers since he got here. He was amazing his first season in 2021, which was our curse breaker year. He was incredible last season in 2022. And then 2023, he hit a dip. He was very inconsistent shooting the ball, and his defense was not as sharp in terms of moving laterally as it was in the past. Now, here's the thing about Nico, right? I think he's still great. He says he's going to retire after the Olympics next summer so this will be his last season according to him and i believe it i think it's a good time to go out he's still a solid player doesn't have to wait till his you know bones are falling off to retire but nico was our best guy at that position last season and i think that if you want to win a championship nicholas batum at age 34 35 he cannot be your best guy at that bigger forward position i think you're just asking a lot of him so 
in my opinion, he can start. Let's say we do want to go with Paul at the two, Kawhi at the three, Nico at the four, and then Zoo and Russ. That's a good starting lineup to me. That is, but Nico being the best guy at that position is a little bit tough to swallow. Now, how do I think we combat this? Well, I've already made it clear that I think Paul George and Kawhi should just be playing a little bit bigger this season in terms of defense, and we should go with lineups with them at the four a lot, especially with Kawhi, because I think he's a really solid secondary rim protector. He's got those big hands, great anticipation, has a way of intimidating dudes when they shoot from where, whatever distance. It seems like when he's in the vicinity putting a hand up, they just miss way more. And, and there's also a level of intimidation as well when you see Kawhi Leonard coming. But Kawhi playing at that four spot, I think, will be really good for us. I know people have concerns about him getting banged up and all this. But, like, again, I want to reemphasize this is not the 2000s. They're not playing against Zach Randolph, LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Gasol, Prime Blake, you know, Tim Duncan. Like, these are not the guys, you know, Tobias Harris is starting at the four these days. Like, Aaron Gordon. Like, these guys are not going to post Kawhi up. So, like, I'm not worried about that. I think the way we alleviate the issue of not having a fantastic big forward is by playing Kawhi at that spot more, playing Paul George at that spot more. But granted, I still think Nicholas Batum and Robert Covington and KJ Martin will do a good job at that position. I just think Nicholas Batum cannot be our biggest forward or our best big forward. But on the subject of his game, so I watched the first game, and I know it's been a lot of games since then, but I promise that I will still watch Nicholas Batum's other games, and I will report on them for this podcast, because I did promise with the absence of myself, with the computer thing, I will try to post as many episodes as possible this month, even though it's three episodes a month for the first half of the month, and then five for the rest, but I'm still going to try to do my best, because I feel bad for you know my incompetence and unfortunate circumstances with the computer thing. But let me just say this, right? They played Canada. I watched their first game, France versus Canada. And it was pretty neck and neck for the first half. And then the second half, Canada blew it wide open. Now, I think the Canadians are just a better team. They have SGA, who's the best player on the court. They have Dylan Brooks. They got Lou Dort. They got Kelly Olynyk. They got Dwight Powell. So they got a pretty, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. So they got a good team. France, they don't got Tony Parker anymore. They don't have Boris Dio anymore. No more Jan Mahinmi. <laughs> so basically, it's like Rudy Gobert, Nico, Evan Fournier, Nando DiColo that used to play for the Spurs. And I forget who their fifth starter was. But they got blown out in the second half. I mean, SGA just started turning up, and it was crazy. But now let me just tell you this, though. Nico was guarding SGA whenever he was in the game, and SGA was guarding Nico. Now, let's just start with the defense, right? The fact that Nicholas Batum is guarding SGA, one of the best one-on-one players in the NBA right now, and I'm going to tell you this from watching the game. SGA, let me see how many points he finished with. He had 27 points. I kid you not, I think only two to four of them were against Nicholas Batum. The rest were, like, when he... The thing is, France started switching a lot. And so when he saw that they were switching basically everything, he was like, okay, I can mismatch Hunt now. But every time somebody that was not Nicholas Batum was guarding SGA, his eyes lit up. Nicholas Batum held his own. Even at his age, he was still able to do such a decent job. And SGA didn't even attack him a lot when he was guarding him. So Batum's defense was awesome. And then there was one play, and I don't know know if this was for Paul George or he just, you know, 
was going hard for his country, but Lou Dort was on a fast break, and Nico blocked him on a dunk attempt from behind like he was LeBron in his prime. I mean, to see that Nico still has that bounce, that spring, he had three blocks in the game. I thought his defense was fantastic. But offensively, I mean, when we talk about the Clippers and their stagnant offense, and I call Nico Batum one of the best spontaneous movers on the team. He was so stagnant, just sitting in the corner every single play. There were some there was some sets where he was, you know, going across the lane, getting a cross screen, and there was some real physicality on those cross screens from the defense. And you could see that FIBA officiating is just different. But Nico had a donut in 24 minutes of play. Three blocks is awesome. Four rebounds is fine. But 0 for 3 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. Nico, I mean, you've got to do better than zero points. But again, I think he's fantastic. But if we're relying on Nico to guard the best players on every other team at his age, that's tough. That's why Terrence Mann needs to be great. That's why Kawhi and Paul need to be great defensively and take a little responsibility, in my opinion, this season. But we'll see. Coming up, though, going to talk about Marcus Morris. He is still here. Got to address that. What are we going to do about that? Can we afford to have him on the roster to start the season? Going to be talking about that coming up. All right. So Marcus Morris, he is still on the team. I love Marcus Morris. I absolutely love him. He has done great things for the Clippers. He had a great 2021 season, had a great 2022 season. But I've made it very clear to everyone, to the listeners, and I think everybody agrees that he's past it. The Clippers need to find a way to get rid of him. It's not a big deal, right? I would love to have Marcus Morris on the team. If he's okay with being a bench warmer and watching everybody work. The problem is he wants to play, and Ty Lue feels the need to play him all the time. And that's what really hurt us last season. By the way, if you're watching the YouTube version of the podcast and you're seeing me shed a tear, that's only because I forgot to have water for this episode. So my throat's just dry and I was coughing during the ad break and like I'm tearing up because of that. But like I'm not crying or anything, please. I hope you don't think that. <laughs> Sorry for all you guys listening on audio, but look, I'm going to be very clear. Marcus Morris, I love him. But the problem is that Tyloo will really play him if he's still on the roster, and I'm worried about that. We just got a young stud in KJ Martin. We really lack athleticism, and we really need it in the form of KJ. I think that he's going to add something to the team that we really didn't have, and we needed more spring. We needed a real lob threat. We needed someone that can go above the rim, and KJ Martin is that. And again, I really do want Robert Covington to play more. I really think Nico Batum in his last season can be a good contributing factor. Marcus Morris, on the other hand, his legs were cooked after November. And then, you know, the fuss about not starting and all this and Ty Lue's relationship with him and persisting with him so much. I mean, I like Marcus Morris, but I want to give an example, right? I'm giving an example. So... Soccer, this is a soccer example, but this guy, I'm not sure if any of you, you know, if you guys follow soccer or not, you'll know, but this guy, Kai Havertz, played for Chelsea, now he's on Arsenal, and 
he's not off to the best start for Arsenal this season. It's been four games in. People are starting to talk about, you know, if the manager or this coach keeps him in the starting lineup, he's going to start getting scapegoated. He's going to start getting criticized for every bad thing he does. And then he's going to lose confidence because the fans are going to go crazy. This is four games. Who does that sound like, by the way? Player that's underperforming. Coach persists with him. Fans berating him to the point where it's ridiculous and it becomes personal and mean. Marcus Morris. The difference is I wanted to I wanted to bring up Arsenal because obviously they have a history and a standard of excellence, whatnot, big money, different sport. But the point is it took four games. With and soccer, I know it's different, but Marcus Morris it took like fifty. There was no urgency. There's a favoritism from Ty Lue and Marcus last season. It was very clear because nobody in their right mind would continue to play Marcus Morris so much. The numbers didn't back that up. The eye test didn't back that up. And I don't think Ty Lue is a fool. I think he kept his faith in Marcus Morris because he has a good relationship with him. He tried it. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, there was not much, you know, nowhere you could really go. Marcus Morris was getting blown by on defense left and right. He wasn't rebounding. He wasn't really adding much. He was just missing shots. And it's sad for me to see because I like the guy. I think he's done great things for the Clippers, as I've repeated three times in this episode. But it is what it is. Now, as far as him being on the team, man, I'm getting nervous. We're at September now, and he's still on the roster. And again, I don't. it's not like I want him to leave because I don't want to see him again and all this. It's just that I fear that Tyler will really play him. And I think Marcus cannot play minutes next year if we want to be a serious team, like to be a top three seed. I hope we find a trade for him. I really do before the season starts. Because if we start the season with him and all that, like, okay, here we go again, in my opinion. He's not going to accept a bench-warming role, as far as I know. But anyway, let me know what you thought of the episode. What do you think about the power forward position? My conclusion is, if Kawhi plays that position, Paul George plays that position, more, we're going to be fine. I trust Nico. Please play Rocco for God's sake. That would really help in my opinion. It's not a fact, but in my opinion, playing Rocco more would help. Then, of course, KJ Martin's going to give us something different. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Make sure you follow Locked On Clips on Twitter for even more. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked On Clippers. And subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper and LA Sports content. Make sure you hit the notification bell for Locked On Clippers so you know every single time we post a video, the only five-day-a-week LA Clipper podcast. And let us know in the comments what you think about the power forward situation. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers.